0: Are you ready to experience something extraordinary? Cultural gems in Croatia, ancient temples in Asia, art in Italy. We'll take care of everything. Flights, accommodation, excursions, local guides and all that planning. Travel Department. Let's see more. gateway to the sound. We enter Balham through the verdant grasslands of Battersea Park and at once we are aware that here is a land of happy contented people who go about their daily tasks in truly democratic... When we think of the Irish in London what do we think of? Kilburn, Cricklewood, fellows working on building sites? In fact, Irish people permeate All areas of society in London. They weren't all builders or digging railways. My guest today had a different Anglo Irish identity. Connor O'Hagan, you are very welcome to today's podcast that we will call Paddy Englishman. Welcome, Connor.
1: Thanks, Gary. Glad to be here.
0: Connor, uh, you didn't really live the uh, standard narrative life of. Uh, the Irish in London did you?
1: I don't think so I mean um, I suppose in terms of uh, obviously any good Englishman likes to see things in terms of class famously Uh, in terms of class we were I suppose a lower middle class Irish stroke English family my parents were both from south county dublin my father grew up around broadly around the sandy cove area
0: well that is england anyway really so <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> fair were, point
0: you were you were west irish
1: <laughs> fair point and for many years as a child as a result of coming uh, to ireland on holidays i thought that ireland was basically two places it was um that bit with the uh victorian post boxes and you know the edward the seventh post boxes with i.e south county dublin Or, uh, which would be where we spent the second week of our holidays when we came to Ireland, it was um, Kerry slash uh, Connemara. So I thought Ireland basically had uh, two cultures and in between lay pretty much nothing, really. Which uh, would be quite a lot of uh, English people's
0: view or people's view of Ireland, including some Irish people's view. That there is a kind of uh, yeah. urban. Well, of course, I mean, not uh, many people divide. spend their holidays
1: on the Bog of Allen, do they? You know, so.
0: <laughs> so, what was the what was your sort of
1: surroundings in? where did you live in London? Well, I was actually born in Cambridge, but the first place I remember living is uh, Tooting, uh, not far from Tooting Beck, which is kind of. Um, Dead centre, outer suburb, I suppose, of, of London. There's a lot more London south of Tooting, but um, it counts as an outer suburb, I think. So my world at that time would have been um, the like Tooting, Ballam, Streatham, those and uh, Clapham, those those areas, which obviously a lot of Irish people would know very well, and and some of the other culture that you're talking about, the kind of uh, um, the, the more you know the shillelaghs on the wall and the um, and the watching GA matches on in pubs on, on the weekend there was a, there was there was quite a lot of that culture um in places like uh, particularly in Stockwell there's a famous Irish pub in Stockwell whose name I just cannot put my finger on at the moment uh which you know is very very Irish so there was there was a, there were a lot of Irish people in those areas there are a lot of Irish people everywhere in London basically. I know, um,
0: and uh, I know in every, every area of London. Um, but you, how did you, did you fit into your,
1: to the English kind of sensibility, or did you feel different? Well, I thought so. I mean, in a way, you don't know, because even if you don't form a, a literal ghetto, uh, one's own little universe and of course in a place like London you, you've only ever got your little universe you nobody inhabits London you inhabit the little tiny bit of London that, that you live in go to school in work in whatever so uh, my bit of uh, London had by virtue of my world being mostly my parents friends families and the, the and families. what were they were they mostly Irish okay. yeah my 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 parents' friends were, were mostly Irish. And at school, I met uh, the other breed of, um, of Catholic in Ireland, which is the English Catholics, um, especially because my second primary school was a, a, a lovely little bijou uh, convent school run by the poor sisters of something or other. And Just for people who, might, who may not know, Catholic school in
0: England is a big thing. And there are even some cases of people like Tony Blair... Yeah. ...who apparently converted from Church of England mm. to a Catholic so the kids could go to Catholic school. Yeah, in
1: a sense. Educationally, certainly at that time, uh, being Catholic was a form of privilege in, um, in 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 London because a lot of the best schools, schools you might want to send your child to, were, were Catholic. Um, not all of them uh, fee-paying. Some of them were fee-paying, some of them not... Um, you know, it was a different educational structure in, in, in Britain. Um, Did you have to be Catholic to go? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I don't think that anybody was. There was no inquisition, you know, as to how much of the catechism you could actually recite or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, you know, people knew if you were Catholic or not. Well, and they so, saw your church or they didn't, you know.
0: Okay, so so it was a an interesting subculture of what, what it means to be Catholic in England is a very different thing than what it meant to be Catholic here. Mm. I mean, Catholic in England was was one uh, kind of culture within a, a much broader culture, whereas Catholic in Ireland meant that's what really that yeah. categorised your Irish. Except
1: that because the English are much less religiously sensitive uh, than certainly Irish society, as no, a it much more was. secular society. Yeah, it's a, yeah, sorry, yes, which is a windy way of saying it's a more secular society. Uh, being Catholic in England was nothing like being non-Catholic in Ireland. You know, you weren't an outsider in the same way. There were plenty of Catholics in in, in England, even excluding the Irish. You know.
0: So did you feel that you fit it into, like, what was your sense of, of, of self in, in relation to other well, English Well, first kids? of all,
1: as far as nationality was concerned, I mean, obviously, you don't really think about your nationality uh, when you're very young. I didn't really start to think about, uh, you know, question mark, was I you know, Irish or English until later? In fact, I suppose when I got my first passport, I was 14 when I got my first passport, and I had to make a decision, was I going to apply for an Irish or an English passport? I chose an Irish one because it was quicker to get. Simple as. So Mm. since that day, I have been uh, a citizen of the Irish Republic, Um, a citizen of Ireland, I think it says literally, isn't it? But but as far as nationality is concerned, I've always just felt myself to be both. And I can be quite dogmatic about this. Uh, I've had plenty of people try to tell me that I'm actually English because I was born and brought up in England. Uh, and I've had people try to tell me, no, 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 I'm Irish because both my parents were Irish and I've lived now in Ireland for 31 years and I grew up in in a kind of a, certainly an Irish-tinged uh, community.
0: Okay, so at, at that stage in London, in the, in the 60s and the 70s particularly, there would have been a fairly mm, kind of... A fairly rigid view, probably, of what what are meant to be Irish. So, so by other English, you mean American, as defined by violent republicanism, or well, not so much that even before violent republicanism expressed itself in London, you know, just kind of, as I say, digging ditches.
1: Yeah, uh, but remember, no there was also, for Irish, instance, that kind of thing. There was also, for instance, Dave Allen, the comedian, who defined or at least uh, represented a very different kind of, of Irish, a much more suave and urbane kind of Irish. Now, that's the kind of man I took my father to be.
0: Well, that kind of individual uh, absolutely had a, a, a very a, a sort of lucrative place in English society because, I mean, a very accepted sense, you're Terry Wogan, oh, know.
1: You know, Eamon we're, Andrews, We're, all, all, of these we're all over the joint, really.
0: No, absolutely. Gay Byrne uh, was, o- was over there. There were so many. I, I mean, Henry Kelly... I, you know, right the way through to the likes of Graham Norton and Daryl O'Brien. I mean, there is a history of, of absolutely. So- you know, sophisticated Irish absolutely. people no, British Absolutely, no television. coincidence
1: that the natural successor to Terry Wogan is Graham Norton, you mm-hmm. know. So, but
0: that wasn't the way everybody in Ar- uh, was seen, all Irish people w- were seen at
1: that stage, was it? No, absolutely not. I mean, of course, the Irish uh, had, and to some extent earned, their reputation as, um, shall we say, a boisterous drinker. they were known for going on a session, uh,
0: that's for sure. I mean, Irish people, including myself, and I am Irish, uh, although I'm not Catholic Irish, uh, I enjoy uh, a drink in a boisterous session as much as the next Irish person enjoys a drink in a boisterous session. Um, But, um, I mean, really what I'm driving at is this idea that that did other English middle-class people view you as kind of middle class in that way or did they did they sort of attach the same okay. characteristics of that boisterous irishness of well mind? look
1: needless to say it's easier for for me to speak about my uh, mentality than it is to speak about uh, speak to other people's mentality i saw myself uh, particularly because i went to a uh, i went to a catholic prime private catholic primary school on the northern fringes of Surrey in a place called Banstead which is just a little step outside the limits of of London into you know more rural Surrey and a lot of the kids there uh, there were a lot of Irish Catholic kids in that school but there were also a lot of English Catholic kids in that Mm. school and they tended to be at least in my perception better off than we were I felt like an urban kid Uh, mixing with uh, sort of not country kids but sort of stockbroker belt kids if you like I always felt a little bit less middle class than they were but I don't think it was anything to do with nationality Sponsored by Expressway With my Expressway free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doro. Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones, make friends with innovation.
0: Did they make you feel that you were Irish, or did they accept you as being English?
1: I feel, always felt accepted, but okay. maybe I'm just that kind of person. You know, I, I, as they say, I was always sure of my own welcome. Okay, so, so
0: to say that middle-class England, uh, or middle-class London, was accepting of Irish, other Irish quote-unquote people who
1: were somehow similar. There was no differentiation. Yeah, so. I mean the people that um, I knew, as I said, mostly uh, my parents, friends, and so on. They were all pretty, uh, pretty successful in what they did. They all, I mean, to varying degrees, but they all got on. They all bought houses in the houses in the suburbs, had kids, drove cars. You know, um, they were all successful. None of us uh, were, as far as I could see, uh, discriminated against or disadvantaged in any way. You've got to remember, I think that that. The English were much too busy getting on with their own stuff to be uh, to be bothered about uh, you know where you came from, really. Okay, so uh, then in the nineteen seventies,
0: and uh, Northern Ireland issues kicked off, and it uh, found its way to London. And uh, we know some of the some of the things that happened. Were you? Uh, did you feel? uncomfortable? Were you let know that you know this was somehow in your name or did it just pass you by?
1: No I never did um, by the time the Troubles uh, really um, came through to me uh, as, as a, a major issue given they started when I was about 11 years old, I was born in 57 so if you take 68 it's been the start of the Troubles obviously for the, the early years of the Troubles I was a child wasn't really into it one way or the other. As I became a teenager, um, I, I probably went through a more kind of anglicised part of my life. In that, I started working. Uh, my first job at uh, when I left school at eighteen, I worked uh, at Oxford Circus as a computer operator, and I was literally working above the famous top shop at Oxford Circus. And Oxford Circus, for Oxford Circus Tube Station at that time, for some reason was kind of almost seemed to be seemed to be IRA target number one. I mean, we seem to be getting bombs and bomb hoaxes, you know, all the time. So it was an issue. Uh, it affected me. Um, I never once—I can't remember any occasion on which anybody said "you bloody Irish" or anything like that to me. I didn't even hear anybody say it. Now that I know that wasn't everybody's experience. My wife Jean spent a year in Manchester in the seventies, and she said she got quite a lot of anti-Irish sentiment. Mm. I can only say that I didn't. Now, obviously, I don't have an Irish accent. I don't come over as a paddy. Uh, no, no you matter actually what kind of actually person. really quite yeah. English I'm, I'm, and grand. This accent, this disgusting South London accent of mine, this kind of such disgusting, slightly middle-class um, uh, South London accent of mine isn't shifting. Um, but So I've never sounded Irish. But, look, at the end of the day, my name is Conor O'Hagan. I've got a big Irish head on me. I look Irish. You know, and you know, I've never, never, ever uh, hidden the fact that, that that you know I am Irish, but I never got any sense of resentment or dislike or prejudice as a well. result. Now, obviously, part of that would have been because I grew up amongst other Irish people, but obviously, as your world expands, you get into teen, teenage years and you, and you and you start working, your world expands, and my world very quickly became dominated by English English people. Never got any of that. It's quite interesting because I always get the feeling that like, Ireland
0: is very comfortable or official Ireland is very comfortable, say, with the American immigrant story you know, right up to JFK and so on. Um, but it was never quite so in tune with its own uh, sort of immigrant story to Britain, Liverpool a little bit. But I had no idea the sheer numbers of Irish people yeah. who, who... As who, I say,
1: we were all over the joint. Yeah. We are and have been for a long time.
0: And South London is not a place that you would identify with the Irish, but of course you're saying that there were
1: loads of them there. No, because it's not Kilburn. I mean, mm-hmm. and um, that that Kilburn and... Um, what's the other place where I actually lived? Harlsdon around there, where there are... Cricklewood. Big, yeah, Cricklewood, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dollis Hill around there. Now, they, they, they are the areas of London that you associate with the Irish. In fact, I, I do remember, actually, the first time I ever went to see the undertones at uh, the National Club in Kilburn, um, I was amazed to find an island that I didn't actually know existed, because all the way, I always remember on the walls of the National Club, there were photos of show bands. And I thought, what kind of prehistoric relic of music is this? <laughs> you know, when I found out there was this thing called the show band, there were guys who wore bow ties and velvet jackets, and you know, this kind of stuff. And um, and 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 something I was totally unaware of as existing in Ireland, because my my awareness of Ireland was all about, by that stage was all about about religion and politics, and you know, the influence of the Catholic Church, which I hated. You know, because I was a card-carrying atheist from the age of about fourteen onwards, mm. and.
0: Card-carrying atheist. I love that one. One we need to talk about that at some point. Yeah, religion, um, big, big rejection thing. of religion.
1: Yeah, uh, and it, it can't help but shape your it. idea of Irish, of, of Ireland, and Irishness, and what it means to be Irish. Well, what was the general
0: English view, do you think, towards Ireland in um, in the nineteen seventies? It must have been
1: a little bit loaded with. Well, it was uh, just seen as a poor country, and of course, the Irish themselves did nothing to dispel that. I mean, the Irish go on thinking of themselves as a poor country. Have gone on thinking of themselves as a poor country long past the point where they actually became a rich country. I mean, in actual fact, even even you know when Ireland was relatively speaking uh, poorer than poorer than England, if you looked at the actual you know global GDP per head tables and so on, Ireland was always well up there in the in the wealthy nations league. Just it didn't feel like it. Well,
0: yes, I'm not really in a place to uh, contradict or conf- or confirm that, um, because I don't have my data, my economic data from the 90s and I'm bullying country.
1: you. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm bullying you with with statements. Um, so, I, I'm just kind of interested, I suppose, in
0: just teasing out slightly what the what the general view of Ireland Sorry, was. Sorry, yeah, that was that, in, was
1: that was your question. Well, I think Ireland was seen Ireland was seen as being a poor rural country, which is exactly how it saw itself. I think. And it was seen as being, of course, an island of uh, saints and scholars, exactly as the Irish wanted to be seen. I mean, it is it is well known that Ireland produces great, um, great poets, great musicians, great you know artists of, of varying kinds. So Ireland Ireland was seen that way, but I suppose the Irish were seen as being fractious and um, a bit like the Victorian image of them, you know, squabbly and noisome. No, no. <laughs> I like your words. (laughs) What a wonderful word. You know, and and of course, it really depends on individual experience, what kind of Irish people you know, if you know any, and what types they are. I mean, my, as I said, my mother and father's world was full of, to me, deeply intelligent, deeply cultured, and really, you know, warm human people. So I got a very good impression of Ireland and I was very proud of that side of my Irish heritage I thought the, the and, and and of course I still think that now I've been living here for 30 years I know this the Irish are great people people mm. and that was that's their strength well one of
0: the things I've been told by quite a few English or Irish people in Britain have done very well um, particularly in London um, is that you know Irish people do do uh, extremely well uh, and you wouldn't have kind of thought that that would be the case given, you know, just that they were that they were out, outside of their own country. But in actual fact, a lot of Irish people do so better outside of their own country. Um, why do you think Irish people get on so well abroad?
1: Well, largely because of that, but also I think because uh, there is um, an immigrant syndrome. I mean, you could say the same thing about the Koreans and the Chinese in America and, and so on and so on. Um, you get a fresh start. And you, you know, and you leave behind all the crap that made you leave your homeland, where that crap was poverty or religion or whatever the hell. And um, and and that's so immigrants as as a, as a class tend to succeed. Sometimes you know it doesn't work. But I've been told by one
0: very high-profile man. In fact, it was Louis Walsh. I will say, and he suggested the great Louis, the great Louis, yeah, really. Louis Walsh, the one and only Louis Walsh. Always been a model to me. <laughs> Listen, he gave me a lift from the, uh, of the, the plane one day. There was a fancy BMW 735. Oh, well, that seals him. it. If it was good and to I, Gary. And I got into the car. He uh, invited me into the car and into the uh, the building, the terminal building for ultra VIP types. And I can tell you the word convenience. <laughs> 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 you haven't seen convenience until you've seen Gary,
1: Convenience is king after all. Yeah. Uh,
0: so he suggested that one of the reasons why a lot of Irish people do well is because they kind of think a little bit differently, think outside the box, think between the lines. Uh, do, you, do you go along with that, or do you think that it's compared to, you know, the kind of slightly more rigid English thinking, or is that a cliché?
1: I think that uh, there's an element of soundbite to that. Mm. Uh, obviously, we like to think certain things about ourselves, Funny enough, I think that one of the great, now I'm not dodging your question, but I thought one of the great things about the Celtic Tiger era was that it became more possible to be a great Irish scientist, businessman, doctor, professional, and you didn't have to be able to tell a really good story or handle your drink really well or have a fine baritone voice on you and be the last man standing uh, in a, at a party, to be a great Irish person. You know, that there it, it, it's expanded at the, the extent of our ambitions, you know, that we, I think we began, to, we took ourselves more seriously. Well, I suppose there's
0: so many um, Irish people who uh, emigrated to Britain and have done very well too. Absolutely. Uh, and people college graduates for instance the in the un- 70s and the 80s yes, who were going over to the radar very well. types Gary
1: not just the people who became you know CEO of Unilever or, or, or whatever with with distinctively irish names but the number of people who made good livings for themselves people who, who just who just prospered And, you know, as I say, bought the house in the suburbs, you know, and and did nicely for themselves. And their children became doctors and and so on. And in other words, who just basically got on that ladder and started going up it.
0: So the whole thing just expanded uh, to the point that that Irishness was seen. I mean, particularly in the 1990s when you had... Uh, things like Riverdance and, uh, you know, Father Ted. Yeah, which we
1: mostly ran away from, yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh, the peace process as well. You know, all of that kind of helped,
1: I presume, expand. There was also Val Doonigan, don't forget that.
0: And the Bachelors,
1: the Bachelors, they were huge.
0: The Bachelors would have been before my time, I have to say. They
1: weren't before mine. Uh... (laughs)
0: Ramona. (laughs) Um... I and mean, in terms of kind of the, the, the wider uh, I- idea in the rest of the world you know,
1: for you, uh, do you consider yourself to be kind of Irish or bit, what is your identity? I'm both. As I, I think I said before, uh, I am dogmatically both. Nobody is going to tell me that I'm not Irish because I bloody well am. Nobody's going to tell, tell me I'm not English because that'd be ridiculous. You know, um, I'm both. And I don't see any contradiction in that. I think people too often confuse citizenship with nationality. I mean, I'm clearly of the Irish nation. I'm also clearly of the English nation. Uh, My citizenship is kind of irrelevant. I could be a citizen of bloody Turkey. You know, I would still be English and Irish. Um, Well, I can't help get the feeling that
0: there is a kind of a, an Anglo-Irish identity. I mean, there always has been, but Anglo-Irish identity was always considered to be, you know, absentee landlords or very wealthy people. But yeah. inevitably, there is at all levels of yeah, there is an Anglo-Irish and identity. And you kind of touched
1: on it earlier when you said that uh, where my father came from was England anyway. So I think to a lot of people, my you could say, you would be wrong, of course, but you could say that my parents weren't that Irish to begin with,
0: but, you know... Uh, well the area that they actually came from if you look at that area in, in South County Dublin from sort of Dunleary on to you know through Sandy Cove Dorky uh, all that climbing. I mean it is all incredibly uh, sort yeah. of grand and it's, built it's, it's West British. British Central yeah, yeah. sure um, so yeah I, I was just kind of really trying to get to the, the idea that there is a there's an Irishness uh, which may be uh, you know very different things to different people and it's completely expanding and there's an Englishness which may be different things to different people but there's also this cross-pollination right. inevitably of and I think you've hit that a... are very close to each yeah. other.
1: You've touched on something there as well which is that there, there, there is no I mean I think I've already addressed the point that there is no one Irish there's no one English either remember I mean I, okay I know a lot of people are going to disagree with this some would disagree with this violently Gary but uh, I think that culturally um, the, the English and the Irish are, just as they appear on a map of the world, very close together. And I think the difference, the regional differences between, say for instance, a Yorkshireman and, and a Cornishman are greater than the, the, than the regional cultural differences between a Londoner and a Dubliner. I think that, but that's obviously going to be uh, skewed by my own experience. Well, there's one thing that I've always found,
0: uh, and that that is English people tend to get on quite well in Ireland. Uh, and there tends to be... They just going kind to of vanish into the moor. Yeah. But they, there's... Irish and English people, in my experience, actually seem to get on quite well together, mm. culturally uh, suited in the way that I sometimes find the Irish and the Welsh or even the Irish and the Scottish are culturally quite different.
1: Yeah, now the Scots, that's a difficult <laughs> that's
0: a difficult subject, Gary. Well, the, you know, there is a very definite uh, link, both to, you know, geographical and temperamental link, uh, or temperament-wise, between uh, Scotland and Northern Ireland. Uh, and it's not just the kind of... S- no, the obvious. Look, the obvious planters and, 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 and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, that it's not is, even sheep farming. It's a kind of northern European... Maybe it is sheep farming. Uh, well, I'm sure that's got something to... I'm sure that's something to do with it. <laughs> see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you should be a comedian. Yeah. So that there is very strong cultural ideological links yeah. going back thousands of years is really yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I certainly, of it's just my experience. I mean, uh, the, the, the the Irish and the English uh, always seem to actually get on quite well when they yeah. were... So, well, um, as I keep
1: saying, that, that's, that's, that's been my experience. Mm. I mean, there are certain type of Englishmen that I really can't stand, but it would be the same if I was born and bred English anyway. Before
0: we go on, can I just tell you that I only found out this morning that the etymological uh, or the etymology even of the word Tory is actually an Irish word, did you know that?
1: It's something like a hunting call or it something is. Like that, it's, isn't
0: It is, it means to hunt uh, and it was primarily used to dispossessed uh, uh, describe uh, dispossessed Irish uh, landlords um, mm. people who kind of supported James I and so on and lost so and Tory has survived right the way through, it's uh, meaning, initially was as you say to to hunt, mm. uh, and mm. to pursue. I think, um, uh, and then it became, to a degree, uh, I think the torig or uh, uh, I think torig was one of the versions of it, and became anglicised. Okay. But it's still in the 16th century, 15th, 16th century. It still referred, in the 1500s rather, 1600. It still referred to. Uh, dispossessed
1: Irish lords. There is a a difficult subject we haven't touched on, um, the aspect of of, uh, Irish identity and culture that involves the Irish language, because I have no identification whatsoever with the Irish language. I have no identification either with Gaelic sports. I just don't get gaelic sports at all i mean i'm a i'm a football and rugby as in soccer Mm. and and rugby man all the way and uh if i had to choose one sport uh, the world would be left with after you know cyberdyne corp had eliminated all other sports it would be soccer because that's the world game i i love the idea of anything international transnational um, anyway, so I I am not that type of Irish, which again is going to make some people think, well, he's not really Irish at all.
0: Well, again, but this is the the kind of conflict in identity. What what actually makes you Irish, and and obviously uh, in the twentieth century there was a very definite uh, you know cultural sort of imperative from the the, the newly crowned or the, the newly independent Irish state. Mm. Uh, and the GAA and what the church and as you touched on yourself and that that is what irishness really was uh, in in this new reality which i can understand because it had to somehow identify itself as being different from you know uh, from the country that it had just gotten its independence from on the other hand it was very 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 restricting yes it's interesting what you say about um about uh, about about Gaelic sports I mean Gaelic football which I which I really enjoy but I mean Gaelic football is a version of you know soccer and rugby and so although on
1: although you need to be careful who you say that to well it's a hybrid game and it, it, yeah, it's been and it was invented as I understand it yeah
0: I mean ideas like like uh, you know penalty kicks and the parallelogram and all that kind of stuff mm. I mean they were you know they're manifestations of the game of soccer I mean, they were ideas in soccer, the idea that there would be a penalty and so on. So I think Gaelic football is, is I mean, it, it was considered many years ago in the houses of, in, in Leinster House, to be a, a, referred to as a hybrid hybrid game. Uh, I remember there was a, an issue of um, of t- taxation. There was an entertainment tax on um, on all forms of, of entertainment, uh, which didn't apply to GAA, but it applied to soccer. Uh, and somebody, some politician, I can't remember who it was, basically said that uh, it might have been Oliver uh, 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 who said that it, it should actually be taxed twice because it's a hybrid sport.
1: Yeah, well, I think this is evidence. Evidence, if more evidence were needed, that um, that Irish identity uh, to some extent has been manipulated and and engineered uh, by certain parties. Um, The obvious uh, culprit would be uh, Dev, for a start. Sure. Who I met once, by the way. I shook Eamon De Valera's hand. He he was at my uh, uncle, uh, no, my great uncle and godfather's funeral. He was a parish priest in Donnybrook. And uh, uh, as I came out, Dev was there in his wheelchair and he was blind and all. And I was introduced to him and shook his hand. So there. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so you are now touched by official Irishness. Are, yeah, yeah. I, 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 it, I, mean,
1: what, what greater stamp of approval could you have? Um,
0: and also, obviously, by the Catholic Church and the fact that the Catholic Church was, you know, uh, in charge of education and health. Mm. Uh, so that that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot to be in charge of, uh, and particularly education um, and, and so on. Although, you know, uh, it, it is also fair to say and true to say that a lot of Irish people within that school system, were very well educated, and so on. But yes, th- that cultural identity, uh, that monocultural identity, uh, you know, it's a Catholic Catholic country for a Catholic people type thing. Uh, in actual fact, I think it was, uh, was it John O. Cossolo who said that um, he identified uh, as a Catholic first and an Irishman second? I think that was... Mm.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, and that's the, um, not so much now, I have a more nuanced uh, view of um, Irish history and culture, I hope. But certainly in my teenage years, when I was a bit more hot-headed, imbued with the spirit of punk and so on, that to me was the totally unacceptable uh, side of of, of Irish identity. I, I did not want to be identified as Catholic, although obviously in terms of background and culture, I was an Irish Catholic. I didn't, you know, mm. I, I rejected the Catholic Church in 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 a pretty big way. I mean, I didn't want to, I didn't burn any churches, but
0: there's a great um, kind of cross pollination, um, certainly culturally, in uh, in 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 the arts, because I mean, a lot of those groups, pop groups, I mean, in. Mm. Uh, you know, really good ones like the Sex Pistols. Johnny Lydon was, you know, of Irish extraction. Oh the, uh, God, the, yeah, The Absolutely. Pogues are a classic kind of hybrid yeah. of of English. And I mean, Irish I never culture. figured
1: out whether Shane McGowan is was or Irish or not or what. Uh, well, he certainly lived in Tipperary when he was growing up. Did he? I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but you hear him talking, and my God, his his accent would bruise your ears.
0: Yeah, so it's it's a kind of North London accent, isn't mm. it? Really. But bands like Oasis. The Smith, uh, I mean, there, there's a huge, there seems to be a
1: huge uh, crossover uh, that works in, in relation to, certainly, music. And, of course, this would be, uh, my dad would have used the word balls-aching, this would be a, a balls-aching kind of thing to do, but I, mean, I wonder if you were to actually crunch the numbers on, uh, and just by, in terms of identifying people's Irish backgrounds and the cultural impact that individuals with Irish surnames uh, had, uh, and are having, if there was a way of measuring this, I think you would find that the Irish have have uh, had a uh, to use the awful phrase they punch above their weights culturally, in anglophone culture.
0: Yes, and you see in now in like the House of Parliament and so on and other senior official kind of Britain positions, you mm. hear a lot of Irish names: Callahan, um, O'Connor,
1: uh, Fox. Uh, and, yeah. other and of course names. a lot of names, which I mean, I uh, have only recently realised, are actually Irish. You know? you know, a lot of the names, and when I and can I look, look back on the on the kids that I was at school with, who I assumed were were English Catholics, the aforementioned actually they're just slightly more obscure, like Irish names. Don't ask me for an example. <laughs> Gary. That's not fair. <laughs> I can't think. Well, of I have to forensically uh, oh, go through oh. this. That when when it comes to editing this podcast, I'll drop one in. King, magically
0: it appeared. Mm. Um, yeah, well, I think uh, we've we've the the final thing that I would say on that is that there is huge links though between effectively British royalty, with the monarchy, and mm. this country, and and it was quite clear that when the Queen came in twenty eleven that she was very pro. There was a very strong sense of being at ease with uh, with Ireland yeah. and a huge interest in that kind of uh, the horse kind of aspects of
1: of Ireland. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's a really complicated relationship, mm. isn't it? And it's been going a long time. I would never deny, and I've I've had this argument with my uh, more English friends many times. You cannot deny that Ireland was occupied by the English, well, the British mm. stroke English for what 800 years and and you know which had no which had no they had no right uh, or or place in Ireland but they were here we have a common, we do share a common history how much of it was uh, by force that's debatable and immeasurable basically but it's a really complicated relationship i mean i think that the the guide to the future and the present and to everything in human affairs is be nice just be nice, all right? Stop arguing. <laughs> Share your
0: toys. Yeah, um, and don't throw them out of the pram. Indeed, uh, I think you're right. I think being nice, being civil, and being uh, a, a, a human being with some humanity is the way forward. What were the expectations of the Irish middle class of their children, and what did you do?
1: Oh, I think totally in line with their English equivalents. I mean, I, I just... I. <sighs> Again, I I should only speak for myself, uh, but I don't think we saw ourselves, if I can talk about us uh, as being, you know, having any kind of um, immigrant legacy on our shoulders or anything like that. I think we just saw ourselves as being part of the scene because the scene was so much more um, varied and busy in in England, certainly in in Mm. London anyway. And we did go all the way.
0: I didn't, but we did. And you ended up living here, coming here. Yeah. So what was that calling about? And do you feel, to a degree, like a bit of an outsider in Ireland, or do you feel very much part of it?
1: Well, I came simply because I was made redundant. I was working as a journalist in London on a magazine, and I got made redundant. There was a big, I don't know what the hell happened in the media industry in 1992, but an awful lot of us lost our jobs as a result of whatever it was. I came to Ireland simply because I could not function as a freelance journalist in London because half the people I knew were trying to do the same thing. We were all competing for the same gigs. I thought, weirdly, that um, Ireland would be a good place to go to, to uh, set myself up as a freelance writer. That never really happened. I got more into, into magazine design and layout and stuff like that. And I met my wife, Jean, Jean O'Brien, who is a poet and a... Uh, we got married and we had children and so on. And did you get back at all from some Irish people who decided that you weren't... Only very familiar? occasionally. Only very occasionally. I mean, I do kind of seek it out because I'm quite mouthy and, and, and argumentative. So, you know, if there's going to be uh, an argument to be had, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll probably find it, you know? Mm-hmm. OK.
0: And do you think it gives you any particular insight being a kind of an but you, insider but an outsider Yeah, of at course. The same time? I mean, you know...
1: I, when, when when, it's when we're talking about England, I know what I'm talking about. You don't. I'll, I'll rephrase that. Yes, of course, because I, I, I have had a foot in, in, in both worlds. And uh, although, as I've said, I think to a large extent they're the same world, you know, there are details and so on. And um, I think that I appreciate the English for what they are, English culture, English society. I, the English are wonderful. The Irish are wonderful. But then, you know, let's face it, so are the French and the Belgians and the Germans. You know, they're all, they're all, we're all wonderful. In the new era of, uh, of um, um, not saying
0: anything negative about anybody, God, I agree. It. Just all be nice to each other. OK, thank you very much. It's a fascinating insight. I, I, I hope I've shone some light on something or other. I've just confused myself. Today's podcast was brought to you by me, Gary Cook, and produced by the same man who is the guest, Conor O'Hagan. An will phone poka newowet, an will knappy, no fum nies orja wet, nis eeskalehusaj, faker no phone eentuckata gwyn, on su egg doro, an von klishte is dani, gidi gohon la high glina, agustaskina, ta rod egen, gogokhtana. To nismo olis, egg, daro, com.